0: This episode of The Cutting Room is sponsored by Grass Valley's EDIUS-6. Check out the new EDIUS-6 at www.grassvalley.com. What, in addition to the right equipment, does it take for the job of film editing? Welcome to The Cutting Room. I'm your host, Gordon Burkell. Well, we're a few days away from Christmas, and we've got part one of my interview with Joe Leonard, one of the editors of Glee. You think this is hard? Try being waterboarded. That's hard. (laughs) As you can hear, we're changing things up. We'll be adding sound bites from the editor's work, primarily from the promos. Why now, you might ask? Well, we needed to make sure that we didn't get into any legal trouble when we did this. So, on to Joe's work. Joe's big editing break came on Glee when, a few episodes into the series, he was bumped up from assistant editor to full time editor. Now, on to part one of my interview with director and editor Joe Leonard. I'd love to stay in chat, but I got a satellite interview. That's lingo, again. For an interview, be a satellite. How did you get into film editing?
1: Well, I, I went to film school at NYU and studied directing and and learned while I was there how to edit on Avid and on Steambex. They actually had us cutting you know mm-hmm. film, which was my first real uh, experience in the cutting room was was actually with film and with a razor blade. That was actually totally thrilling and incredible. But I I never really thought of myself as an editor. I thought of myself as a filmmaker. You know, it's taken me about 10 years of editing and making films to sort of settle in on what I love doing right now is is editing.
0: Now you actually moved, I guess, to New York and then to LA from St. Louis. Yeah. A lot of people want to come to LA to make their dreams come true of filmmaking and their career. So for those just getting into film, or those just moving to L.A., what would you suggest to get to break into the industry?
1: That's hard. It, 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 is, it is difficult to kind of break into the industry. Um, but the advantage of a place like New York or L.A., or especially L.A., I guess, mm-hmm. is there's a lot of stuff going on out here. So there's an industry to break into. Mm-hmm. And what I found growing up in St. Louis was there really wasn't any kind of industry. And I, I really found that I had to... Pursue my dream, I had to go to New York and had to come out to LA. I think that's changed a little. I think some of the regional areas have stronger film industries, or you can sort of create your own destiny a little bit more Mm -hmm. because of the equipment and because of the way the world has changed a bit. But I would say, in terms of LA, you kind of just have to come out here willing to do anything to get experience. Mm-hmm. You know, willing just really with an open mind as to like what you'll need to do. I, I mean, for me personally, I ended up cutting like political commercials. I ended up cutting little podcast mm-hmm. things and or cutting webisodes, like early webisodes. And, you know, there, was, there were several years where I really struggled to get by. But at the same time that I was editing jobs to pay my rent, I was working for free as you know, assistant as an assistant mm-hmm. editor on an independent film. I was working for like practically nothing as a post coordinator, and those were the gigs that ended up leading to me getting a job down the line, mm-hmm. and also the ones where because the relationships, I guess, is what you need to focus on building. You need to find people to work with. If you, at least in my experience, if you do a good job for somebody and they remember you you know they're gonna have projects coming along mm-hmm. and if you can stick it out in LA or in New York or wherever for a couple of years they'll think of you and and then the next next thing you know you're your assistant editor on like a TV show or something mm-hmm. and that's that's how I kinda of got my start
0: Governor Schwarzenegger is good for working families he's a great governor for education he lowered tuition at community colleges by twenty three percent he vetoed a bill They tried to lower academic standards. The governor supports the fire service. He's made it safer for all our families. He cares about health care. I trust him. Governor Schwarzenegger is bringing Californians together. you got to tell me about cutting the political commercials. What was that like? Well, I I mean,
1: I had a really strange experience. I was in New York. I was an NYU student. I just gotten out of school, actually. And I was working at the Criterion Collection as a quality control film restoration guy. Which was, in of itself, incredible experience. Mm-hmm. Because, literally, I was in the back, essentially in an edit bay. But all I did was watch film elements as it came in. Mm-hmm. Take notes So there's a tear here, there's this there, you know. Watching these beautiful films. So I was doing that, but not making a lot of money. And I got a call from my dad, and he said, I know the guy who's running Schwarzenegger's campaign. And, you know, I'm like a New York liberal NYU guy and Mm -hmm. and I'm, you know, pretty damn far to the left. And I I was like, well, all right. And so I I came out to California to check it out and I really hadn't been to L.A. and showed up and it was the media advisor for Schwarzenegger. And so I went and I ended up like I had like my little MacBook Mm -hmm. and with Final Cut on it. And I had a little Canon GL1. And I went around and shot things for their campaign, and not shot things. I ended up mainly cutting things for their mm-hmm. campaign. And you know what a bizarre experience! Like <laughs> you're in LA and Hollywood, and it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. So it's like he flubs the line, and like mm. I have to fix it. It's like fix it, Joe, or whatever. <laughs> and uh, so it was, it was a totally unique experience. And and I ended up working for the same the same media consultant over the years, and it was it was actually a great gig. Like. You know, while I was pursuing film and TV, I had this sort of side gig where every once in a while I'd cut some political commercial and it would pay the bills so that I could keep doing what I had to do, which was, you know, narrative filmmaking. That was what I was passionate about. So, yeah, it's but, I mean, it's such a wild
0: experience. Mm -hmm. I posted uh, on Twitter for anyone to ask questions. So one person uh, sent in a question and it was, what's the best piece of advice someone ever gave you? And that comes from a guy named John Nichols.
1: I've gotten a lot of good advice. Um, what happens a lot is when you move to Los Angeles or you're thinking about moving to Los Angeles, everyone kind of has advice. And there was a lot of, of good advice people gave me, but it's hard to remember anything mm-hmm. too specific. My dad gave me advice related to, to sort of pursuing a career mm-hmm. as I was moving out. And he, he told me, just go outside of your comfort zone you know, once a, once a week, once mm-hmm. a day, whatever. Have that one kind of cold call type experience where you're, you're like showing up at somewhere where maybe you're not even supposed to be mm-hmm. or making a friend that you wouldn't necessarily, that you wouldn't always make. And, and I think that having that sort of attitude towards, towards the experience of pursuing a career in film mm-hmm. is, is awfully helpful. It's yeah. very difficult and doesn't come naturally, I don't think to anyone, at least not to me. But I think if you, if you can sort of put yourself out there just once a week, then I, I think you'll always kind of find that you're creating a little bit of forward momentum. Mm-hmm. You know, the little things start adding up.
0: So now you started on Glee as the assistant on the first episode. That's right. And yeah. then you transitioned into editing by the third one, which is Praker's. Right. Uh, how did you make that transition
1: well, I had been—I was very fortunate with the timing and with the series. I had been assisting Brad Beaker, who is my editing mentor, Total Guru. He, he was working on Nip Talk, and I originally had met him maybe five, six years ago, just socially. And mm-hmm. he was, had just gotten done with AFI and was friends with a friend. And we were talking about movies and just kind of hit it off as mm-hmm. people who loved film. had just started working on Nip Tuck. So he called me a couple years later and was interested in getting me to be an assistant editor Mm -hmm. for a pilot called Pretty Handsome, which never got picked up, but which was a fantastic little pilot. And so he called me again for the pilot for Glee, Mm -hmm. and I I assisted on the pilot, which shot, you know, like a year before the series actually went into Mm -hmm. production. So what happened was I was the assistant on the pilot, and then when they When they started staffing for the series, you know i had I had been working with Brad for a couple of years um, Ryan Murphy knew me and mm-hmm. and Alexis Woodall knew me and so they' they're the folks who run you know the show yeah. and so i I was fortunate enough that i that I got the bump but it was very just it was very much just good luck and and, Timing. and, and having people really being supportive and who who liked me I guess. Mm-hmm
0: in the transition from assistant to editor did you have any difficulties along the way
1: it was a big oh crap kind of moment because Mm -hmm. when you're an assistant you know you're involved in everything and you you've got to churn through a lot and sometimes you get to do cutting and that's always fun Mm -hmm. but when suddenly all the dailies are piling up on on your computer it's a bit of a different experience like you you're sort of up all night thinking about it and worrying and in my case i just really Felt I needed to work extra, extra hard, like be working seven days a week just to sort of overcome the learning curve of of how to how to churn through an, a whole episode. So, I mean, I think the main thing was the scale, you know, just getting through all of getting through all of the footage and getting a handle on it quickly. Mm-hmm. Like that was the hardest part. Yeah. And then. You know, there's so many other little lessons that you kind of learned, that I've learned just with each episode in terms of tone or in terms of how to kind of get through certain scenes or sections of music numbers. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a process of constantly learning things and, yeah. and getting getting sort of more efficient at your process of, of editing.
0: Now, you because you mentioned the musical numbers, those, yeah. you know, that can be really tough to cut, especially with, you know, the show's timing, the music's timing. Uh, the pacing of the scene, all that. So how do you balance those elements to make sure that everything flows nicely and works?
1: It's, there's no other answer except just watching it over and over and over again. And it's, it is tricky because suddenly, you know, there's a music number and singing and dancing mm-hmm. and then suddenly the music number's over and you got dialogue again. And it's, it's one of the tricky things of Glee is, is that it really smashes from these different tones into it. It, it mashes these things up. So you've got one scene that's, you know, hilarious and another scene that's kind of sad and then you have a music number and it's just like you're, as an editor, you just kind of get twisted around, but you have to kind of ride it. And we, a lot of the uh, growing pains of editing uh, the first season were about discovering the tone Mm -hmm. and we worked, myself and Brad Beaker and Nathan Allen, who was the other editor Ungly, all, you know, were we're just learning, learning it as we were going, and and really it came it it came from the top down, like you know Ryan Murphy and then Brad Beaker. Just we were just following their lead, and you know they they sort of dialed it in on the pilot.
0: Can you I guess give me a sense of the process of editing Glee because it's not like usual television shows with music. You know, yeah, not many shows have musical numbers. Yeah, uh, can you give me a sense of the overall post process that they go through? Well, I mean, it's,
1: it's, I think it's the same as most TV shows. Mm-hmm. You, you're getting dailies as they're shooting. So every day you're looking at what they shot the day before. And so depending on the day, it's, you know, Jane Lynch and she's screaming at the choir director, Will Schuster, mm-hmm. you know. Or, you know, it's, it's a big music number on a stage mm-hmm. shot with, you know, several different cameras that has... So you've got like 25 layers of video to, to pick from at any moment mm-hmm. or, or more it just it it depends but really I guess the process you know once the shooting is done the process is you know we've got about a week to get the whole thing together before the director comes in and wants to check it out so you know our process on Glee is very interactive in the term in the sense of our the post-production department Mm -hmm. we we very much like want each other to see the stuff and we We test it out on each other because you listen to a number a hundred times yourself and you stop hearing or seeing Mm -hmm. or knowing anything and probably you've gotten it to a pretty good place. But then Mm -hmm. if I bring in Brad, he's going to point out the three things that that I really need that I overlooked or that I messed up or whatever. So we do that for each other as sort of keep fresh eyes on it.
0: brings up a question again from Twitter which is sorry a couple people on Twitter have asked us how do you keep from going insane with the music it's <laughs> constantly cutting for a week the it's, same songs.
1: it's actually pretty hard I mean thankfully the music on Glee is generally very good and so you have these songs in your head that you know some of them are pop songs that I've already heard a thousand times anyway like the Beyonce stuff mm-hmm. doing doing all the single ladies was like I had already heard that song a thousand times and then now we have An episode where it happens three times and so I'm hearing it five thousand more times (laughs) and surprisingly like good music it it does drive you insane and like you're humming it and you're thinking it at night you're thinking it in the car when you're going home but that's part of the process of kind Mm -hmm. of typically once once a music number is cut Mm -hmm. uh, I won't be hearing the song in my head anymore but until (laughs) it's right it's like it has to drive me crazy like because I'm I'm constantly thinking about oh how am I going to get through that one section of the song where all the different choreography is in there and we've got that other piece of coverage and mm-hmm. how do I fit that in? So pretty much we do lose our minds. And the funny, the funny thing is, you know, we're in a pretty small building. So from one room, we've got like a Madonna song. From another room, we've got like a Beatles song or something. Mm-hmm. And from another room, we're, we've got Barbara Streisand yeah. and they're all at full volume. So it's like I can hear the guy next to me. And I can hear Brad, and I can hear Nathan, and I can hear Doc. And, you know, we're all playing everything at full volume. And really, I think it's our our post-producers and PAs that probably lose their mind.
0: That's part one of my interview with Joe Leonard. I'd like to thank Joe, my producer Lauren Woodcock, Jenny McCormick from the ACE, and my sponsors Grass Valley. I'm your host, Gordon Burkell. Thanks for listening.